Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Compassionate, caring, and cuddly. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. So quite a bit of reaction to uh, Dr. Zudi Jasser's appearance on this program yesterday. The founder of the American Islamic Forum for Democracy and a former U.S. Navy lieutenant commander. And specifically because Dr. Jasser told us that the Canadian Heritage Committee in Parliament has invited him to testify on M103. And that's going to happen tomorrow at 3.30 Eastern Time. And uh, Dr. Jasser spoke out very directly in opposition to M103 as a practicing Muslim. And because there had been such interest in uh, what Dr. Jasser said, we're going to play that back for you before the end of the program today. Also, next hour, we'll speak to an RCMP inspector, a serving RCMP inspector, who has significant issues with the way the force is being run, has really serious concerns. And he's going to speak to those, and when I said to him, don't you have career concerns about what might happen, he says, I expect there will be a reaction, but I need to do this. So we'll speak with him. He hasn't spoken to anyone else in media, from what I understand. It'll be the first time you're going to hear this. Now back to the issue of chronic pain, and we'll bring it back across the Canadian border. Two Canadian long-time chronic pain patients join us on this program And uh, I have an idea, after having spoken with one and exchanged um, messaging on uh, social media with the other, of the challenges that they are facing. And my first, let me just first of all say hello to Dan in uh, Ontario. How are you, Dan? I'm good, Roy. Nice to talk to you again. Thank you very much for the invitation to participate today. It's great to have you with us. And joining us from Saskatchewan is Barb, who's also a chronic pain patient. Hi, Barb. Hello. Let us start. Uh, let me start with you, Barb. How long have you been a chronic pain patient? Oh my goodness, I would say thirty years. And since I was sixteen. Tell us about tell us about the pain that you live with. Oh, it's never ending, never controlled. Um, all it does is uh, it'll go up and down in intensity. Um, it's not controlled by medication. All medication does is it just kind of takes the edge off. And if I do the math, you're you're a young woman. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm for, I'm uh, forty six. Okay. What, what I'm what I'm what I'm saying is, you don't have the aches and pains that come along with older years. No, and uh, even, you know, I'm sure you know arthritis starts uh, fairly young, and according to my x-rays, I, you know, I, I don't even have a whole lot of uh, arthritis. So this started when you were 16, you said? Yep, it started with my knees, and I was extremely active. I played sports. I rode horses. Uh, it was all legs, if you know what I mean. It was mm-hmm. track, running, and uh, my one knee dislocated. And then my whole, I believe I was 90 pounds at the time, on crutches, blew my other knee. 
and then it was just a cycle after that. Well, when did they put you on uh, on opioids? Uh, about um, probably when I was seventeen, when the second knee blew. So that's twenty years, thirty years, uh, twenty years, thirty years. 30, 30. I can't, I can't do math. Twenty nine, I guess. <laughs> I can't do math. I really can't. So twenty nine years you've been on opioids, and when did it? When did they first start to? When did you first get the sense, or were you told that, Barb, we're going to have to cut you back? Uh, almost immediately. Uh, I would see a specialist, and they would have a completely preconceived notion of what my issue was. I was told unbelievably that I was a girl, and I would not be playing sports, and I could live with a bit of pain because my interests and my needs would change. Oh, nothing sexist about that. Nope. Nope. Well, no, and these these were... Uh, I had uh, an excellent, excellent uh, GP, like general care practitioner, mm-hmm. who would send me to wonderful specialists and well-known specialists. Okay, so I, I just wanted to get some background from you. We're going to talk about how things are now and what you're concerned about in just a moment. But let's talk to Dan in Ontario. Dan, uh, you've been a chronic pain patient for how long? Uh, just over 20 years, right. And did your doctor put you on uh, the opioid medications almost immediately? Well, no, my uh, my family doctor, now retired, um, I had shredded my, I was a former competitive bodybuilder, and I shredded my rotator cuff, and I had six surgeries trying to correct it, all failed, so they decided they'd do a complete replacement. Unfortunately, that, that failed as well. So my family doctor referred me to a chronic pain specialist who whose practice was full and was not accepting new patients until he saw me. And said, "I'm just going to make a, going to make a change." And he'll, he'd take me on, and he did. He sent me retiring and sent me to a new clinic. And of course, now when the guidelines come out in May, that's when I had to face that I was going to have to cut back. So, what was the what was the opioid medication doing for you before the guidelines came out? When you were taking your opioids prescribed every day, how was that affecting your life? Uh, I was at least coping. Uh, like your guest from Texas, Jessica, I, I too, and I'm, I'm assuming most chronic pain patients are exposed to this. I, I have my drug testing regularly to make sure that I'm not, quote, cheating, unquote, with my medications. Uh, I don't mind that particularly. It might be a bit offensive, but I, I, I don't mind because I don't cheat. Mm-hmm. never cheated, and I've always followed my doctor's directions. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do they, so what did the opioids do for you? What did the opioid medication do for you? Come out. I've uh, written not only my MPT, but I've written the uh, Ontario Ministry of Health. I've, I've written Dr. Bousset, mm-hmm. the, uh, one of the authors of the guidelines. Right, the editor, yeah. Who mm-hmm. not only replied to me via email, called me, and we talked for over half an hour. He volunteered to call my pain doctor and explain the intent of the guidelines to him that, and, to, and, and especially with recommendation number nine that says if a patient is experiencing difficulties with the tapering and his pain has increased and his quality of life has decreased, the doctor has the ability to pause or even stop the tapering. Dan, let me just back, let me just back, Dan, let me just back it up a little bit. Let me just back you up a little bit, Dan. Sure. When did they tell you they were going to cut back? 
uh, starting in January. And and was it a reasonable request, or were you just given an arbitrary number that you would have thought that's not possible? It it was arbitrary. Uh, I would have preferred not it to be that much, but I, I I must admit my my pain doctor has been quite fair in the minimal reductions that he's been doing. He has not cut me back, and I know I'm far off, far better off than a lot who have been cut off mm-hmm. from their medications completely. Mm-hmm. He has at least done his best to cut me back. And when I've given him two written letters uh, claiming that my pain has increased, I'm also a, a 40-year type 2 diabetic. My pain level, of course, and my stress increased both my blood sugars and my blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And people will tell you that chronic pain won't kill you, but I tell you, diabetes will. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to have to take a break. Dan, I'm going to have to take a break. Uh, sure. Stay with us, please. We're going to come back with Dan. We'll come back with Barb, and we'll hear some more from Barb about, we'll talk to her about how the how it's going now, what she has to do in order to satisfy the system so she can get the, the opioid pain medication that she requires. Stay with us. He's like a superhero without the costume. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. We're back with uh, Dan in Ontario, Barb in Saskatchewan. They are chronic pain patients. They are on opioid medications. Their opioids are being uh, withdrawn or tapered, uh, maybe reasonably, maybe not. Uh, Barb, what is happening as far as your medication is concerned and the tapering that you're going through? Are are you able to uh, tell me that it's being done reasonably, or are you concerned about the speed with which you're being re- they're being removed from your daily prescription routine? I'm very very concerned. Um, without medication, I'm literally vomiting, just from you know the morning till night. I'm out. Just it's it's unreal the pain, and. Uh, They've just, uh, the, the doctors just keep wanting to try other medication, such as uh, Lyrica, Cymbalta, um, Amitriptyline. Uh, while on Cymbalta, I spent five days in the hospital for, um, I believe it's, it's like an anaphylactic shock. Wow, that'll kill you. They call it serotonin syndrome. Uh, because of them, you know, trying, that's what it's been. It's just try this, try that, try this, try that. And we'll, you know, eventually we'll find something that works, and then we can drastically reduce your pain medication. But the pain medication works. Yes, and the only time I've ever been hospitalized or had side effects is from all these other uh, new types of medication. So don't you ask yourself periodically, who's the doctor doing this for? Is the doctor doing it for him or herself or for you? doing it for it's everything is so documented uh the doctors i've dealt with are have told me they're scared for their license yeah i've heard that more than once the doctors have told patients i cannot and will not give you what you need because i will not lose my medical license yes my personal favorite is you are not worth my license you were told that i was told that yeah nice you also 
sent me uh, information about your girlfriend's husband, who was a former member of the military, or yeah, you know, he was in the Canadian Armed Forces. And a lifetime he, member. I believe he went in at uh, 18, yeah. as soon as he could. Yes, sir. And what's his story? He has chronic pain. He actually is one of the few men with fibro, which is it's uh, another ball into itself because uh, it's not really recognized in men. It, it uh, people tend to view it as a whim, you know, a woman's issue. Mm-hmm. And you've got this, you know, kind of big burly veteran with it, and uh, he's had his medication discontinued for the last. What I believe we're at the three-month mark now. And he was told to, and I quote, find his own medication. Oh, nice. Oh, so go to the street corner. That's, that's, what, I, that's what my girlfriend and I were discussing, is, is that what he's supposed to do? You know, be out there walking with his cane and, and you know, trying to score? Sounds and like it. Sound, it, sound, it sounds like, well, I don't know. If, if I were him, that's how I'd interpret that. That's, uh, I don't feel there's any other interpretation when you're told to find your own. Yeah. Dan, do you have a, do you have a sense that, and you've written to the College of Physicians and Surgeons, and you've, you've contacted uh, Professor Busa, and you've talked to your doctors. There's an organized effort here uh, to not necessarily wean. Some doctors will wean, but others are just so panicked that they'll remove patients, as we just heard, from their, uh, from their medication. Do you have a sense this is going to get a lot worse before it gets better? Oh, absolutely. I asked my chronic pain doctor, who um, I've known for quite some time, I asked him, is his tapering a result of his best clinical judgment or the guidelines? He didn't even pause. He just looked at me and said, the guidelines. It, it, he, he says, I must and will continue to taper you. I must and will continue. And this is so, a pain management doctor. This is a pain management doctor, and I'm at the tapered point now where I just can't take any more tapering. I'm at my, I'm maxed out, so not sure what to do next. And they're not going to stop. I, so clearly you're maxed out, but he's going to continue to taper. Yeah, and I, I couldn't help but have to give you this short sentence from the college uh, to my reply to my letter looking for an exemption and, and asking for a, uh, what should have happened in the start, these guidelines should have had a clause in there for legacy patients who've been on opioids successfully for a long time. But they say to me, chronic pain is a challenging and debilitating de- condition. When the college cannot tell physicians what to prescribe individual patients, nor does it give specific in- exemptions. I hope this information has been helpful to you, to which I say, <laughs> no, it hasn't. Um, may I ask how old you are? I'm sorry? May I ask how old you are? I'm 76. And at 76, are they worried that you're going to become an addict? (laughs) I don't think so. I just had uh, a bunch of uh, extensive blood work and some ultrasounds, my liver, my kidneys. I don't know if I make this unhappy or not, but I'm working just fine, thank you. The only thing that isn't are my shoulder, my knees, my hand requires surgery, but I turned it down because... I have no guarantee of post-op medication, so I'm not about to give myself more pain when I can barely deal with what I have. Uh, just, just thinking about what you said, you're not guaranteed post-op medication. Not the no. first time I've heard it. That's bizarre. Yeah, isn't it? That's, a, that's awful, that you're yeah. not guaranteed post-op medication. Yeah, that was my, the plastic surgeon that was to do the surgery on my hand who 
just said to me, I, if I were you, I wouldn't do it. And, of course, they're doing this for you, not for themselves. Oh, yes, of course. They've got your welfare my, in mind. My, my advice to other chronic pain patients is, I, at first, I just sat back and think I was going to take it. But I, you should you should write, do what I did. Contact your MPP, the Minister of Health, the college. Just bug them and bug them and bug them. They should have looked into us as legacy patients right from the get-go. Yeah. Barb, how's your how's your friend's husband doing? I just spoke to her actually on Friday, and uh, what was supposed to be back ordered, if if you recall, we had spoke uh, now, like the end of October. Now there's no date for his medication. Go find your own. That's that's yeah, yeah. Don't what do you, why do you come to me for? Her? I'm a doctor. <laughs> yeah, it, she. They were told. I believe it was back in August. They were told the date of the you know the end of uh, October. And uh, we just, as I said, we just spoke on Friday, and now there's no date. So here's the question. Are you scared for yourself? I'm I'm scared for everyone. And if I could just address, too, uh, the the addiction, uh, I've had every one of my specialists and doctors state, you are not at risk. You are not at risk of addiction. So then, then I ask, why am I being tapered? Why are these other medications being brought in? And, and every time you go, like I was just at Emerge uh, the other day for just an illness, and right off the bat, why are you on this medication? You should not be on this medication. I've actually, uh, one time when I was hospitalized, the, the doctor was unable to provide me with my meds, my, uh, my pain meds. He wasn't licensed. So I had, I had to be in hospital suffering from withdrawal, waiting until the doctor that was fully licensed could go and uh, get me my medication. Yeah, and just because you have withdrawal doesn't make you an addict. It makes – it's factual. It's ke- but, it's, a, it's chemicals. Yeah, yeah. But it's those, those medications are what is the buffer between the pain levels that are so destructive and being able to have some quality of life. Thank oh, you. absolutely. As yeah. soon as I started vomiting and my blood pressure – uh, was going up and down, you know, they they knew then that they better get a, another doctor in. Thank you both for joining us. Uh, Dan, I know you're, uh, I know you don't take a lot of nonsense from, from these people, <laughs> and rightly so, because you're fighting for yourself, and you're fighting for Barb, and you're fighting for everyone, and I know, Barb, you're similar to Dan, you're, you're going to stand up and, mm-hmm. and be heard from, and you're fighting for your girlfriend's husband, and and everyone else, and that's what has to happen. Pain patients have to stand together because there's an awfully strong lobby that's targeted them. Thank you both very much for joining us. Thanks, sir. I'll talk to you again. Take good care. Thank you. Barb in Saskatchewan, Dan in Ontario on The Roy Green Show.